Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to all of our campuses, all of you watching online, all of us here today. It's been a great day. We're in the middle of a a really mild summer. For those of you that are watching from from, uh, out of Texas, it's just been beautiful, 85 or so give or take, <clears throat> but it's good to, to be with you. Hey, before I dive into the message, brand new series today, by the way, and i um, excited about that, <clears throat> but our Good Leaders Conference, if you don't know, last year we started this for entrepreneurs, leaders in our community, and specifically our church, and this year, August 31st, we have our second annual Good Leader Conference. And uh, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., there's lunch provided. And every ticket you purchase, there's a, a, you get a free one. So if you have somebody in your office or uh, you and your spouse or a friend or, you know, whatever, every ticket you purchase, you get a free one. Jordan Rayner, uh, noted author and uh, speaker, will be our, one of our guest speakers from outside. And then we have three, maybe even four speakers, and I'm, I'm holding off on that one. I've got to get uh, uh, an approval uh, that he can actually be here, but we got three of our own speakers, entrepreneurs and business owners right here in Frisco, in our city, uh, that'll be speaking as well, Marissa Allen, Brian Wysong, uh, Jake Thompson, and, uh, and then possibly one more. I'm hoping that I can get him, twist his arm to, to be here, but uh, if you want to sign up, you go to goodleaderconference.com, and uh, man, we'd love to have you at that. Today, I'm starting a, a brand new series um, committed to community, and um, every time this around this year, this time of year, we we talk about this. We, we're getting ready to jump into some new uh, new season. You know, school starting, new semester of growth uh, classes and Bible studies and so forth here. But I want to lay the groundwork before we get into that part of community. And and really, to be honest, community in, in this series it's a two week series. Community this way and community this way. Uh, I'm going to go to Mark 12, the famous passage where what's the greatest commandment? Love God and and love your neighbor. But before I get there, my thought for the day, so if you're you're taking notes or if you're just wondering where are we going, I want to talk to you about what does it mean to walk with God? What does it mean to really walk with God? In other words, would somebody describe you if they had three phrases to describe you? Would one of the three be to somebody who knows you, somebody who's pretty close, they walk with God? Now, I know that's like, you immediately feel like, no, no, probably not. But I I wanna maybe frame what does it really mean to walk with God. Walking with God does not mean you're super spiritual, does not mean you know everything uh, or you know more than everybody else, and so because of that, you walk with God. It's a fellowship. It's a a walking with God. In the Old Testament, there are many examples that we have. The phrase actually, walking with God. You got Adam and Eve who walked with God in the garden. What a great fellowship that was before the the rebellion before the sin. And, and then you have Enoch who walked with God and, and, and we don't know exactly how this, this happened, but he didn't even die. God took him 
Uh, he was so close to God. He was walking with God. You've got Abraham, a man full of faith, and there's a great story behind all of that. There's Joseph. There's Moses, the, the leader of the people of Israel out of Egypt. You've got Elijah and Elisha. You've got Samuel, the prophet. You've got David, the king. In fact, David, the king, was talked about in the New Testament as a man after God's own heart. All of these, and many, many more ladies as well, walked with God. Now, in the New Testament, of course, you've got the disciples. Of course, you've got Paul, uh, James, the half-brother of Jesus, uh, Jude. You've got, you got some people who walked with God, walked with Jesus. But the best example, of course, that, that we have of, of really what it means, and I want to frame my, my thoughts today as to what it meant for Jesus to walk with the Father. What, what did it mean for him to walk with God? Old Testament, we know, you know, whether they followed the law, maybe it was before the law or maybe it was after the law, Moses. We kind of know, they just, they talked with him, they followed him in, in commandments or obedience, Abraham. But in the New Testament, for us today, if we were to frame it in this is walking with God, I think Jesus is our best example. In fact, many of the, the, the things that we see Jesus doing are examples of walking with God. Luke chapter 4, Jesus as a child. Three days after they finally discovered him. Now, Mary and Joseph thought that they were with him. They had left Jerusalem to go back home. They had already been gone a day and realized at the end of that day that Jesus was not with them, their own little son. They had lost God. Bummer, right? You know, it's just like, wow, how could you, you know, but a different time, different culture. Um, three days later. So when they realized they missed him, so they went back. So that's four days. Three days later, after they realized that they, they had missed him, they discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic searching for you everywhere. But why did you need to search, he asked. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't really understand what he meant. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. So even in the, the early days of Jesus as a, as a kid, there, and, and I understand, listen, I understand some of us, we we've, we sometimes don't understand the difference between the son of man and the son of God, that actually he was both, fully both. So getting, Jesus had to learn how to crawl, walk. He had to learn how to talk. He had to learn how to do everything that you and I do. They changed his diapers or whatever they used back then. He was a human. He was fully man. And so as, as he's as he's being raised, obviously, he didn't come out of the womb knowing everything. Does that make sense what I'm saying? I'm not trying to demean the God side of Jesus. 
because he's fully God and fully man, but there was a part of him that had to learn, that asked questions, that grew in favor with God and with man. Does that make sense what I'm saying? So then when he starts his ministry, and even he, he even starts his ministry with God for 40 days, with the Father, he goes and he prays for 40 days. He fasts for 40 days. He's tempted by the enemy. He comes back from that and he starts his ministry. Then in Luke 5, the very next chapter after this little boy chapter, here's what Jesus, we find Jesus doing. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Next chapter, chapter 6, verse 12. One day soon after Jesus went up on a mountainside to pray, and he prayed to God all night. Luke chapter 22, getting ready to be arrested. He walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed. Now, I only used Luke so that I wouldn't double, you know, saying, because sometimes they tell the same story and can appear to be, you know, many more times that it really was that Jesus went away to pray. But the point is that our example of what it means to walk with God, Jesus walked with God as a boy. Jesus walked with God, and when he started his ministry, he went by himself alone with God to pray, to fast, to fellowship, to talk. What does it mean to walk with God? Now, I thought about this a lot. So, you know, what, in other words, what was he doing when he prayed? If he's God, you know, he knows the will of God. He knows the mission. I mean, how did all of that transpire? And the answer is, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, was there a certain magical number at age 30? Jesus knew, oh, 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 now I know. I remember. I used to be in heaven, and now I'm here, and now I have a mission. No, I don't, I don't know, but it's in those fellowship times with God. Even in the garden when he's praying, what does he pray? If it could be possible for this to pass from me, that would be awesome. But nevertheless, your will, not mine. So there's this, there's this Jesus, man side of this human side of Jesus that gives us an example of what it means to really walk with God. It's fellowship. It's community. It's just prayer. And I, I, the prayer sounds, sounds so religious. Talk. Anybody in this room can talk. Doesn't matter what language. Doesn't matter what uh, accent you have. You could be from South Louisiana. God can understand you. We can't, but God can. All right, no, I don't know. You can be from Arkansas, you can be from Boston, you can be from wherever. God understands. He understands every language. So if you can talk, even if you can't talk, if there's something going on there, God, there's a, there's a, there's a relationship that can be had just as you walk with him. But again, I'm asking myself the question, you know, what does that really mean? What was he doing while he was praying? What did that mean for his life? Was that more power? Was that more miracles? Was that more fruit? I think a lot of those things are true. There could be a variety of answers for this, but the best one that I, in my opinion, that I can think of is in Mark 12. And this is what Jesus was learning to do. Mark 12, let's go. One of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well, so he asked of all the commandments, which is the most important? So this is an important one because of all the commandments. The, the Jewish law was extensive. Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. 
extensive in detail. All the requirements of the law. Okay, so there's a ton of things that could be important. Of all the commandments, which is the most important, Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God. This is what I believe Jesus was learning to do. And I know many of you may, it may sound like, oh, no, 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 Jesus already knew. Well, I don't know, I don't know that. I think in the fellowship times that even as a boy and he's being raised up in, in, in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord and as he grows into his manhood and as he grows into his ministry, how, why would he need to spend time with the Father if he just knew everything? If he, everything was just, I'm, I'm gonna just say, and this, you may not agree with me, but I'm gonna say, here's what he was learning to do. He was learning to love God with all your heart all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. When I think of walking with God, this is not the only thing I think about, but when I think of what it means to walk with God, I would go back to this and say, learning to love him, and I'm gonna explain this all in a minute, learning to love them with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, all my strength. The second, we'll talk about this next week, the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these two commandments. The teacher of religious law replied, now I'm adding this for a reason. Well said, well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth by saying that there is only one God and no other. And I know it is important to love him with all my heart, all my understanding, and all my strength, and to love my neighbor as myself. So I wanna give you what I what I think is the framework for following or walking with God. And the first one is a no-brainer, but it starts with the heart, and it's surrender your heart. When, when, when I think of, of loving God with all of my heart, Mark 12, verse 30, let's read it again. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. I believe that's where it starts. I believe it starts with a heart. In other words, the core of who we are. Our life, everything we have, starts, loving God, starts with a surrendered heart. It's the core of, of everything we are. It is the point of surrender. It is where it all starts. Proverbs chapter 23 says it like this. Oh, my son, give me your heart. May your eyes take delight in following my ways. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Many of you were raised with this scripture. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, see, this is where it begins, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring that faith, your faith that you are saved. There's, there's something that happens in the heart, in the core of who we are. Everything we are, everything we dream, every goal, every pursuit, my purpose, I give to God. Romans chapter 12 says it brilliantly. Romans chapter 12 says, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies, everything you are, to God. Put it, as a, put it on the altar of a, like a sacrifice, like everything you are. So the question, the first one, when, it, when, I when I think of walking with God, I, I, I don't think of everybody 
who knows all the scriptures, who can quote all the scriptures. I really think of someone who has fully, or is trying to fully surrender their heart, their life, offering up to God. This is what it means to walk with God, to surrender. And let me ask you a question. Have you surrendered your heart, your life to God? Have you traded your way and your will for his way and his will? Have you traded your dreams and your purpose for his dreams and for his purpose? I don't know that you and I or I will ever fully understand what it means to walk with God unless we have a, not a perfect heart. I'm not talking about a perfect life. I'm talking about a life that is consistently surrendered. You know you, know you have to do this a lot, right? Not get saved a lot. You have to surrender. I have to surrender my heart a lot because I am selfish. I am in, in, in my natural self. I want my way. I want my will. I have to continually surrender my way, my will, my decisions. Which leads me to the next one, which is why I put these together. The second is surrender your understanding. So I put soul and mind together because the religious teacher, sorry, religious leader who asked Jesus the question, he came back. Let's go to Mark 12 just real quick. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. So the heart is one thing. Then the soul and the mind, I think, kind of, go, and this is my opinion, kind of in my study, goes together. And it is, it is that just the, the, your will, your way, your soul, your mind, it's your understanding. The reason I say that is in verse 33, Here's what the, the teacher says back to him or the religious leader says back to him. I know it is important to love him with all your heart. He distinguishes heart. Understanding, he puts that soul and mind together and then all my strength. Does it make sense what I'm saying? So when I read that, I was like, okay, that makes sense to me that my soul and my mind, it's the decision point. Again, it's that just like I'm gonna base my life doing what I wanna do or doing what God wants to do. Just the bottom line. Romans chapter 12, going on in that same chapter that I just read a minute ago, says this, and so, dear brothers and sisters, plead, I plead with you to give your bodies, your heart to God, your life to God, because of all he's done for you. Let them be a holy and living, a living and holy sacrifice, the kind you would find acceptable. This, listen, this is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Listen to this, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think, your understanding your soul, and your mind. There are many ways that we can be deceived or distracted in this world. Many who question the word, question, oh, did Jesus really do that? Is God really real? Is all this? That, absolutely. And so, dear brothers, and th then you will learn to know. So when you let God change the way you think, when your understanding is surrendered, our understanding is surrendered, then you will learn to know God's will, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. So surrendering our understanding is allowing God to change the way I think, the, the way you think. We naturally want to think my way or our way. We naturally want to walk our way. It's easier. 
But surrendering our understanding is saying, God, I don't want my way. But I do, sort of, in a, in a way, but, but yet I'm just going to surrender that because I know what you have is better. When I was younger, I was a youth pastor, and um, we were in a certain city, and, and it was at the church that we were at was not going well. Um, man, uh, it was one of the hardest little two years that Melissa and I had in ministry. It was very confusing. It was very toxic. It was great. You know, you've been in church. Church is not perfect, so anybody who says it needs to be perfect is just, you know, doesn't really understand that we're imperfect people. But that was a really imperfect little place. Anyway, I was, all I could think about, you ever been in this place? All you can think about is get out. Listen, if Target would have called me or Walmart would have called me and says, hey, we need a manager position, I would have, yes, that is God's will. Yes, okay, so my, my, one of my best friends that we worked together at the, we went to school together and he's still my great friend, Rod Loy. Um, he called and said, hey man, our youth pastor here at our church is leaving. He was in Fargo, North Dakota. Yeah, you know where this is going. And he says, our youth pastor's leaving. And he says, dude, I would love to get you here. That's all I needed. I didn't need to pray. Does that make sense? Because I, all I wanted was out. It did not matter where. You could have said Greenland. Oh, I'm in. I'm in. Yes, Lord. Didn't matter to me. Anything to get out of where I was. So, I was pumped. I was raised in South Texas, Harlingen. I didn't see snow until I was 18 years old when I came to Dallas to go to school. And I love the cold weather. I, love, I like cold better than we talked about this before church. This weather right here that we're in, not God's will. This, this is a preparation for hell for those of you who are not going to heaven. This is insane. I know some of you like it, you're weird, and you might be getting prepared. I don't know. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. So the thought of going to the cold and snow, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Now, Melissa, on the other hand, was praying against me the whole time. Here's my point. I can't honestly say this, so I don't want to lie. I don't remember if I prayed all that much or not. I really don't remember. All I know is that I was so excited to get out of where I was. You ever been in that position where you just want to get out? I was so, it didn't matter what was over here. It was, in my mind, it was God's will. Any open door was God's will. And here's my point. Some of us do that. Some of us move across the country for more money because of a job promotion or whatever, and we don't surrender our understanding for his and we make decisions based on our understanding, desire, will, way. I wasn't trying to be evil. And I know many of us, we're not trying to be evil when we make decisions outside of, 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 of our understanding or his understanding. It's just sometimes we get in our mind, this is what I want to do. This is God's will. And I'm going to do it. And let me just tell you the result of what would have happened if we would have gone. I would have never gone to Tennessee, Nashville, 
where I spent eight years as a youth pastor. And I would never have met Chris and Brandy Exley. I would never have met Angela Wharton, now Angela Lins, and Aaron Allison, who started the church, all of those people started at Hope with me. Aaron Allison would never have probably come to Fargo, North Dakota to intern with me because he knows better. <laughs> I didn't know better. Does that make sense? And I'm gonna tell you something. If I would have made that decision, again, everybody hear me. I'm not trying to be evil, not trying to be rebellious, not surrendering my understanding, not surrendering my understanding for his I would have missed all of this. I'm not saying I'm the only one who could have started a Hope Fellowship. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I would have missed Chris and Brandy Exley, Angela Lenz, Aaron Allison, who are the, a big part of what happened in the early days. And Angela, who's one of our executive pastors, who still is a huge part of everything that goes on here because I wanted to go to the snow. I wanted to, and better probably said, I just wanted to get out from where I was. Does that make sense to you? Guys, I'm just telling you, we make these decisions all the time. We make these, we, get, we marry people based out of, it's an open door. We take jobs, it's an open door. We do all, we go to college, we make lifelong decisions based sometimes on our understanding rather than, do you understand what Jesus, in my opinion, what Jesus was doing in the desert for 40 days, what Jesus was doing on the mountainside when he prayed, when he was early in the morning praying, when he, he was learning to surrender his way, his will, his understanding and say, Father, continue to lead me. Help me. Learning to follow God is not sounding or looking super spiritual. Learning to follow God or walk with him is simply surrendering your heart on a consistent basis, my heart too, and then surrendering my understanding, my soul, my mind, my soul, my mind, however that works. I, I want to surrender that part of my life. That leads us to the last one, third, which is surrender your actions. To me, when, when I hear, let's go back to Mark chapter 12, the last part of that. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and all your strength. To me, strength, just, it's, just, it's, it's the physical. It is the physical things we do. It's, it's, the, it's our actions. It's physically serving the Lord, Luke, so, so let, me, let me preface what I'm gonna read. When Jesus was asked the same question in the gospel of Luke, he is asked the question after he says, the greatest commandment is love God, you know, and love your neighbor. And then one of the religious teachers then asks, well, then who is my neighbor? And then Jesus gives them this story in Luke. Let's read it, just real quick. One day, an expert religious stood up to Jesus asking him the question, teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus prayed, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, 
and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify, I don't know what this means, but he wanted to justify his actions. What it means to me is that, no, I don't want to do God's way. I want to do it my way. I just want to, I'm going to justify what I'm getting ready to say here. I mean, he is, because I don't want to do this. So then who is my neighbor? And then Jesus replied. And I'm not going to read the story. Guys, I know I had it back there, but it's too, it's too long. But here's my point. When Jesus is asked, who's my neighbor? He gives the, the story of the Good Samaritan. You know, you remember the story? A Jewish man is beaten, robbed, left on the side of the road. And uh, a rabbi or a temple priest goes by and he actually sees him and he goes to the other side. A temple assistant goes and he kind of goes to the other side and ignores him. And then a, a despised Samaritan Jews did not like Samaritans. And then a a Samaritan sees the Jewish man, who I know the Jewish man despised the Samaritan. He sees him and he cares for his wounds, takes him to a hotel, pays for the bill, gives him extra money, does everything he can to make sure that this man is taken care of. My point here is that it's not just mentally or emotionally serving the Lord, surrendering to the Lord. It's actually physically surrendering to the Lord. It's saying, I want to help those physically, not, not just pay for it across the ocean. No, no, I'm going to get involved. I, I want to actually put, I want to put my hands around this person and I want to walk them through whatever it is they're walking See, when I, when I think of walking with God, my, my, my mind has, has shifted a bit because I used to think it was all prayer. It was, I mean, when, you know, and I knew some great old pastors that, I mean, just prayed for hours a day. I always was, was fascinated and impressed by that, and there's nothing wrong with that. And that's a great part of walking with God but it doesn't just stop with praying. The religious leaders prayed. And what Jesus was trying to say, because these are two religious leaders that asked the question, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus answered both the same way. Even they answered their own question, saying it's the best thing to do is to learn to love God with your heart, with your understanding, and with your your actions. That's walking with God. That's what Jesus was doing when he prayed. So don't tell me you're walking with God just because we pray, just because we go to Bible study, just because we go to classes or regen or what those things are great and I'm gonna encourage us to do that. But that's not all there is to walking with God because it, 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 it is a big part of the actions, our strength. It's surrendering our hearts No question. It's surrendering our understanding. No question. But it's also surrendering our actions. And let me just, can I, let me be honest with you. We live in in an area of the world that is very self-centered. Very, and I'm not all of us, I know that, but we are in in an area that is highly, highly 
uh, let me just use the word blessed, but I don't know what, if that's a, really the right word, but a high income area. Not everybody's rich, but according to the world we are. But my point is, we, 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 it's all about us. It's all about my family. It's all about this, and it's all about me and mine and, and, and whatever I can do and whatever we, wherever we can go. And when was the last, let me just ask, please don't get mad at me. When was the last time you went on a mission trip? Went to downtown Dallas. Asking myself the same questions. I'm, I'm, I'm in this with you. But when, when was the last time that we actually served the Lord, surrendered our strength? And we don't have to go on a mission trip to do that. I understand that. Many of you do this every day. Many of you serve those around you and help those around you. I'm impressed by some of the little things that you don't know that I see you do. I have a dear friend that flew from one city to another city to help one of her friends who's battling cancer and help her just be with her and present so that she can come back to Dallas. And my point here is that's what walking with God looks like. I got a friend who's getting ready to to help those addicted with probably particularly alcohol, but wants to start a home to say, hey, I I I want my strength to be involved here. Guys, I couldn't be more proud of somebody in our church who says, hey, I'm gonna invest my own money, my own time, my own resources, my own experience, and I'm gonna help somebody on the side of the road. I don't do this perfectly, and I know none of us in here do, but what if we asked ourselves these three questions? Is there any area, or are there any areas of my heart that are un- or not surrendered? Unsurrender is not a word. Not surrender. Let me start there. Is there there any part of your life that you're saying, you know what, I'm going to go to church, but during the week, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to live the way I want to live. That's a surrendering of the heart. Is second question, are there any areas of my understanding that are not surrendered? Are you trying to do things on your own? With your own understanding. Proverbs 3, one of my life verses, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Trust him. Surrender. I'm so glad I didn't go to North Dakota. I'm so glad I stuck it out and and stayed a little bit longer in the chaos that I was in. It's surrendering our understanding. It's surrendering our heart. And then, are my actions lining up with my purpose? My purpose, sorry, rather than God's. Is it me first? I'm asking myself this question. Is it me first or is it God's first? God first? In my actions, in my strength. Does that make sense? I think this, the answers to these questions could answer the level of our walking with God. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to be raised in Christian faith to walk with God. 
Walking with God is surrendering your life. It's surrendering your way, your understanding, and it's surrendering my actions. It's putting, it's putting faith, it's putting action to my faith, to what I really believe. And, and I just ask us all, if you want to walk, if you want to be in community with God, you don't have to come here every day and pray for an hour. You don't have to come in here and pray for two hours. You don't have to light a candle. You don't have to go to confession. You want to walk with God? Surrender your heart. You want to walk with God? Surrender your understanding. You want to walk with God? Surrender your strength, your actions. And I promise you this. You can answer those questions or begin to answer those questions in a more healthy way. And again, I'm with you too. I'm answering those same questions. Guys, God will begin to use you and he will begin to use this church in more ways than just big ways, in more ways than just headline ways. I don't care about any headlines. I just want us to serve and walk with God. And Jesus taught us the way. Lord, your, your way is better than our way. And, and I know that I argue with you on most points when it comes to understanding. I, I argue with you sometimes even when, I, when it's surrendering my heart, surrendering my will, surrendering my way. I, my mind gets in the way. My understanding gets in the way. My doubt gets in the way. My sin gets in the way. All those things. God, and all you say is, hey, John, just surrender those things. I'll help you. I'll, I'll transform you. I'll change the way you think. And then you'll learn to know my good and pleasing perfect will. So Lord, may my heart, may our hearts be surrendered. May our understanding be surrendered. May our actions be surrendered so that we can learn what it is to really walk with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Thanks for listening to Hope's Weekend Message. Visit hopefellowship.net and further connect with us by downloading the Hope app from the App Store or Google Play. Have a great day.